It's not the same. It's not. It that should be our little like trademark. It never was, bro. But I, yeah, that would be tough. It's not the that same. That would be tough. Are right, you ready? Was. You ready? Let's do it. All right, yo, what's up, JD family? It's your boy D Stark. Stark's artist. And you are now tuned in to the Judge Different Podcast where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. We're back. Another episode, another Wednesday, 141. And I actually. So I've been getting, you know, a few things together for next year, planning and all of that. And so I've been working on like this community we're trying to build. And I keep, we talked about it once, but I keep trying to find or come up with like a name for uh, everyone just, who listens. And I just can't. <laughs> we don't, I, I just think our name it's is just not is like not, suitable yeah, for, it's not. or really conducive to kind of no. come up with something no. that just makes sense mm. it would have to be i don't know we would just have to come up with it it couldn't be really necessarily related to the name because of course like are you no, think about tim ross like he has the basement with yeah the it would have to be yeah it would have to be something that's I like think, different from the name i don't know if you're separate. familiar with no for sure with uh megan and b simone yeah, yeah, yeah. so they have like chain game so that would probably be okay what we would just have, have to come to up with something. Exactly, got you, got you, got you, exactly, you. exactly. But you know, until then, it's all love. Y'all still family. It'll happen. You know bro. what it is. But we're back. We're here in. I always used to say we're in Louisville, Kentucky. But I've been coming to just love and really, you know, <laughs> and like accept my <laughs> bro's finally trying to claim the city. Accept my city. So we're here in New Albany, Indiana. In Indiana. Bro. Tapped in yep. in the studio. Yep. Jordan's finally back. Back, man. I feel good. So how was your time in Houston? It was great, bro. It was great. I, f- I feel refreshed. It's always good to just get away and see something new. I've never really been to Houston before or Dallas, which we, we were we were in both, um, or I was. So it's always good to see something new. I remember, bro, I was in Houston, and I just had this crazy, like, encounter. Like, I accidentally stumbled into publicly evangelizing. Like, it sounds crazy. Like, so... There was a there was a prop parade happening in Houston and it was right next to the grocery store that me and my girl went to. So we drove by it and we saw these dudes outside with a sign, like, you know, with the mics and stuff that you'd be seeing on YouTube. Um, just like, you know, speaking the gospel, stuff like that. And we drove by and then I was like, oh, maybe we should stop. She's like, You wanna stop? I was like, Ah I was like, sure. I know why I wanted to stop. So we get out and we were just listening for a minute. And then we actually get out and we walk over and I was chopping it up with the dude, we was chopping it up with the guy. And then this dude named Levi comes up and he's on some like hostile. And then this is this might be a whole nother story I gotta tell, but I was like, I was immediately just like, yo, like, what's your name? And then he immediately was just like disarmed. He was just like, Oh, I'm Levi. And then we just started we were just talking like about um just what we believe in. So like it was it was crazy. But that was honestly like the craziest moment that happened while I was in Houston. I don't want to was thinking too much I was death, no, but. I mean I was thinking about that today actually, because of course we just hadn't conversation about making god known yeah. and not being satisfied with him not being mm-hmm. like revealed in the spaces that we step into yeah and you know i was just challenging myself because of course that's something i want to give to everyone but make sure i'm living out as well mm-hmm. and so i'm like yo what are some ways and w- where i can put myself in better put myself in better positions right. to evangelize and actually speak the gospel because you know I essentially, you know, work for myself. I'm typically like in the house before this for the last two years. I've done online courses or had 
just work that I do online. So I'm typically in just in one area. And so I just been like brainstorming. I'm like, okay, like maybe doing more community service, mm-hmm. going to youth events, right? Just that are happening within the city yeah. and um, homeless shelters, like just to serve yeah. and using those moments to like be a light and be more vocal. Cause mm-hmm. I know we, <clears throat> we speak a lot about, being an example, which is the first and foremost, um, which is how we should lead. Um, because I know we talk a lot about being an example, which is very important, but you know, faith comes from hearing and mm-hmm. hearing the word. And so we can never neglect the aspect of actually speaking. And mm-hmm. I think we come mm-hmm. very comfortable and complacent with just bringing people into our space instead of meeting them mm-hmm. where there are. Mm-hmm. and speaking the word to them. Yeah. So I'm glad that you brought that up. But, I mean, you can g- go into it. So, okay, you said Levi, Levi. he was we just can, someone. We can talk about it a little bit. Yeah, who yeah. You just, he just casually came up to you all. Right. Uh, it wasn't, ca- I don't know if I would call it casually. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, essentially, the um, the two guys that were out there, like, with the mics, and uh, one of them was named Colin, and the other one was named Dave. And I, w- I would say, like, we've talked about it before, maybe alluded to it. I just think his approach was very – He it was more like he was kind of, like, attacking, like, with, with the stuff he was saying. Um, so even when we drove by, like, there was a lot of people just hostile, like, yelling with him, right? So it was like, let's stop. So we stopped. And that's why I chopped it up with him. Like, yo, like, what's your heart behind it? Like, we was kind of just talking about that. Um, and then Levi, he comes up, and he's hostile. So that's why I said it's not really casually because he was, like, on some – like, yo, I'm coming for y'all next, bro. So he's talking to Dave. So I'm talking to, I'm talking with Dave, but Dave has a mic. So Levi goes up to him. He's like, yo, like they're just bickering back and forth. And I'm like, bro, let's like disarm. Like this ain't good, bro. So I go to Levi. I'm like, yo, I'm Jordan. What's your name? And that's when he kind of just like de-escalated the situation. Yes, bro. Like that alone, just asking him for his name, just he was so calm in that moment. And like, you like, oh, like, okay, you actually want to talk. So ask for his name. We start chopping it up. And I ain't going to lie. Levi was prepared, bro. <laughs> Levi was prepared. Um, and me and my girl were talking about it after. But he he told me he grew up Baptist. And he was Baptist up until like two years ago. And he just like kind of uh, fell away from the faith. And um, and so I'm asking him questions. I don't remember exactly all the questions I asked him just about like his journey. I'm like, okay, what brought you to that? And he told me about that. And then I'm kind of trying to get a get a get a a map of like what it is he believes and like where he's at and why why he got there just asking questions um and i ain't gonna lie like he stumped me bro like i'm gonna be so honest just in terms of just like a theological conversation about you know just the creation of the world and like there being a higher power i would i wouldn't say i was necessarily the most prepared for the conversation he was like like i said he was he knows the verses he knows the stuff and i could tell that in his journey of like kind of walking away or falling away from the faith he's done like research on like what what to say to certain arguments and stuff like i could tell he's been in a situation like that before um but the odd part about it is i didn't feel like i lost anything because i think sometimes that's how it could feel and i think the enemy was trying to get at me like yo like you weren't prepared bro like you shouldn't even have that conversation but i just remember leaving the conversation feeling so like at peace like i shared the truth and i remember at the end of the conversation even though i felt like I didn't change his mind with the words that I had because I wasn't as prepared. I just told him, I was like, yo, like, I promise you, like, if you seek the Lord with all your heart, you will find him. That's what the word says. And I was like, 
you will remember, you will remember this conversation. Like I don't know when it'll be a year from now, two years from now. You remember this conversation I'm having, and when you're at the end of your rope, God has grace for you and He loves you. I said that, and I, like that was in the conversation. And I just think that alone is what made me feel so fulfilled. I think sometimes it's less about the words that you're saying and more about the heart that you're saying them with. Because I think if if you're speaking right, because we're supposed to have the mind of Christ. We're supposed to be his image bearers. We're supposed to have the heart of Christ. So if I'm speaking really from that place, like the heart of Christ, it's really less about what I'm saying, more about the heart behind it. So I think that's what he felt. And that's why I felt so fulfilled. I'm like, honestly, I kind of lost the debate conversation, like if outside looking in, but I felt fulfilled. I was like, I think, I think I did a good thing. Like I stepped out and I spoke, you know what I mean? So I mean, that, that's all that matters. Yeah. That's the point of it all mm-hmm. there is no conversation to win and i think we right. don't speak to that enough for understand that when we're evangelizing we're speaking about jesus and just understanding that we're supposed to just like be his hands and feet the mm-hmm. example speak his heart of what we do know from our own experience and our testimony and impart that to someone is that's not about you know having some sharp theological mm-hmm. like debate and back and forth and being so intellectually sound with your argument and uh, your particular interpretation of scripture and whatnot. Right. So, yeah, I think that's exactly what it mm-hmm. should be like, yeah. right? And how yeah. that, that interaction should go. Because, right. of course, I know that challenged you oh, to like want sure. to be more equipped and mm-hmm. like, all right, let me dig further into like my faith, what I believe, why I believe it, and being able to have a response to defend Mm -hmm. but nonetheless like you we shouldn't shy away from conversations because we don't feel as if we don't have enough to respond to or like uh combat someone else's argument with like we still have the truth nonetheless i don't i think that's never let the enemy like convince you to like shy away from a conversation like that because i think that started to come up. Like I said, I I was talking with Dave and that, that was like a easier conversation because he's a believer. So I was, I was talking with him and that's when Levi came up and they started bickering. I could have easily been like, Oh, like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, I'm just going to walk away like and let them do what they're going to do. Right. But if I, I feel like if I never stepped in and just like started having a conversation with him, I, I think that create, like he felt like the peace of God in that in that moment, you know what I mean. And if I didn't do that, he wouldn't have felt that. Although I didn't change his mind, although I which isn't our job, right? Although I didn't change his heart and he didn't convert there on the spot, I think he got something from that conversation that he needed. And I genuinely felt that way when I walked away. Um, but like to my to your point, it's like if I allowed the enemy to be like, oh, like convince me, like oh, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not equipped for the conversation. I don't know everything. Like it would have just been left at that and they would have bickered and then he would have walked off mad and had a terrible day, you know? So yeah. So that's necessary. Yeah. That's a word. So shout out H town. Shout out H town. It was, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Texas is an interesting place, but I enjoyed my time there. I am hoping to be back relatively soon Mm. next year at some point, just to explore a bit more. But that's how nice it was. Like I want to go, but like, yeah, definitely. Cause I mean, and there's, there's so much there, of course, Mm. especially in the major cities to just explore and experience. Obviously, Texas is gigantic. So shout out to, you know, all the supporters, listeners from down south. You feel me? You feel me? Shout out y'all. Shout out y'all. But now let's get into it. Let's do it. What we wanted to talk about today, I was 
really thinking about this whenever we were at the conference, I guess two weeks ago now. And it was basically around the idea of that God fights for me. And we had a conversation last week speaking to the fact that like God chose me. Mm-hmm. And so since he chose me, that means he fights for me as well. Mm-hmm. In the sense of, I think the question comes up in our life of, okay, like what happens when someone does like wrongs me, right? When they like are lying on my name, trying to defame my character and, or just have done some sort of injustice, like to me personally or someone that I'm close to, how are we supposed to respond and engage with that? Because for me, I don't really get moved by much emotionally in terms of like what people do or what they have to say about like me, any type of criticism or comment. But like when people start to like lie on my name, Mm -hmm. there's something about just that aspect of things that really irks me, moves me. And I try everything I can to try and like essentially burn out all of these fires, right? Mm -hmm. Like when they're like speaking, about me like in a way that is like untrue to a situation that isn't like the nature or the reality of what was i feel like it's my job to go around to like every single person like try and clear my name right exhausting myself trying to make sure that the truth is presented and like um it's i'm not perceived in a way that like i'm not supposed to naturally for all of us like at at any point someone's done wrong to us whether it's that like they're speaking down about us or like in any other form that comes in naturally like we want retribution right we want there to be like a consequence for like their actions and like essentially for a wrong to be made right you know what i mean for like there to be some sort of judgment to things for things to be corrected and at times we can try and take that into our own hands and so so what i've had to really dig into is understanding what vengeance is and how to place it in god's hands Mm -hmm. as it speaks about in the bible and understanding that process because that can be like one of the most difficult things because you can be felt you can be left feeling like of course frustrated upset maybe even fearful uncertain and just like a lot of strong like emotions like when you're in that position yeah and so realizing and understanding that vengeance vengeance is the lord's can be like the hardest thing Mm -hmm. and it mentions this um concept this idea in romans 12 19 through 21 and it says do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so I believe that as Christians, there's this overarching idea of you know continuing to love our neighbor and also our enemy yeah and that sounds amazing on the surface but when we're put in positions where that's something we actually have to do um that can be one of the most difficult parts of our walk right of like understanding like all right the vengeance someone's done if it's again if it's to us or someone else that not that we shouldn't seek justice like while we're here on earth in certain ways but still understanding it's god's Mm -hmm. and knowing how to balance what that means and looks like. Yeah. the I like that. God, God chose you. He will fight for you. It's crazy. Cause we were, um, when you came to me and said that you wanted to talk about this, I literally had a 
in my in my notebook i had like a specific part because i was reading in exodus and i just i just wrote man of war and it was something that i wanted to speak to at one point but there's a verse in exodus 15 3 um it says the lord is a man of war and just speaking to the fact that he will fight your battles for you so Let's let's take a trip down to Exodus because I was reading in Exodus and that's kind of where I got this this concept or this idea. And it's something that honestly, this is a prime example because like God is God's chosen people. He chose them, brought them out. Obviously, he's going to fight for them as well. And so let's just look at how he did that. Right. So I noticed first in Exodus 13, 22, it says the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night never left its place in front of the people, right? So for those of you guys who don't know the story of the of Exodus out of um, Egypt, God brings his chosen people, the Israelites, out of Egypt, and he shows up in a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud that's, that guides them out, essentially, right? That's what it's talking about in Exodus 13. And it says it never left its place in front of them, but something shifted. Right. It says it never left this place, but there was the moment when it did that I noticed in Exodus 14, 19. And it brought me back to this verse. I'm like, OK, it said it never left its place. So I'm like, what's what's happening? So in Exodus 14, 19, it goes on to say, then the angel of God who was going in front of the Israelite forces moved and went behind them. The pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and stood behind them. Right. So the context to this and the, and the why behind the shift was this this is when they were brought to the Red Sea, right? Right before Moses split it, right? And um, the Egyptian forces were coming after them. They're like, oh, we got them. Like, they're, we got them, boys. So they're going to go chase them. And that's when the pillar moved from the front to the back, right? So what this teaches me and shows me is like he isn't only between you and your promise, but also between you and your enemy, right? He's guide and guardian. I think sometimes that's what we kind of lose sight of in our own lives. At least, at least speaking for me personally, I can, I can trust God as guide. You know, he orders my steps. I mean, that's something that I've, I've learned very well, but sometimes you forget that he's also guardian and that he will guide you as well as guard you and fight your battles. Um, and there's also two other verses in Exodus that I really like that speak to this. It's Exodus 14, 14. It says, the Lord will fight for you while you only need to keep silent and remain calm. And it also says in Exodus 15, three, oh, that's what I just mentioned. The Lord is, well, this version says the Lord is a warrior, but I, I just, I love how in Exodus, it, it shows that so clearly that God will fight for you. And it's not something that you, you need. It's, it's something that you shouldn't and can't lose sight of when you're walking with him. So I, I just thought that was really good in Exodus. No, that, that that makes a lot of sense. God is guide and guardian. Um, so yeah, understanding again, since he chose me and I am his, like he will protect me as well. So I think that's really why I started with that because yeah. if we begin and it all starts with identity, like when mm. really acknowledging that, accepting it, coming to terms with who we are in him, exactly. then it's going to be a, easier for us to accept these moments when like we've been wronged right or someone else around us has and we can believe and know that it will be taken care of by him um and there was something else that i found that was some commentary related to psalms 9 about this particular um 
idea of God, justice, um, wrongs being made right and vengeance. And it says, how can we be so confident that in the end, everything will turn out all right? Because the Lord is righteous and in the long run, he will not let evil prevail. Therefore, with David, we declare our faith even before an external Therefore, with David, we declare our faith even before an external change has occurred in our condition. Speaking to Psalm 7, keep praying and trusting during the period of false accusation and the desperate loneliness. It may not change your circumstance, but it will stabilize your spirit. And remember, you have a basis for confidence since God himself is righteous. In the end, his justice and fair play will abound towards you as well. So like David, worship him even before you see the resolution of your circumstance. Right. Despite your present need, you have a great future in Christ. And so I love that it always, at least in this, comes to the conclusion mm-hmm. that in the end, his justice and fair play will abound toward you yeah. as well. Right. Because God is righteous, he must judge all good and evil accordingly he can't be the righteous judge if he does not Mm -hmm. and so no matter what it may look like in a moment if this particular like justice per se that we are searching for are looking for doesn't necessarily turn out in the way that we think it will essentially be played out for us in the end and so i think (laughs) keeping that in mind um changes a lot as well yeah, I think that's really good because it's, it's also like a perfect segue into my next point. But it's speaking to what we've talked about, like the last couple episodes about like it's not about you because we're talking about, you know, realizing that you're chosen is a big part of it. But it's, it's twofold. It's realizing that you're chosen. But like your point just said, also realizing who you're chosen by. Because like I can, I can know that I'm chosen, but if I don't have a full scope of who it is that chose me, then there's still going to be a disconnect somewhere, right? So you have to also recognize like the righteousness of God and who he is, meaning it's not about you. Yes, I'm chosen, but it's like recognizing like, oh, dang, like it's him that chose me, right? And kind of shifting your focus there. Um, but that's the thing, though. I think the moment that you become so focused on retaliation, on vengeance, that is the very moment that you've made it about yourself and you've forgotten about God. Um, and I'm reminded of like the word talks about seeking first his kingdom, right? It doesn't say seek first your vengeance or seek first your will, but seek first his kingdom. And I think for me, it's comforting because it's like if 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 I glorify his name, he'll defend mine for me. Like I, I don't need to, right? So if I focus on his name, mine will be protected. And I was thinking about hmm, how how if you make him Lord, he has to be Lord over everything. And what I wrote down is like we sometimes we attempt to be like part time vessels when it's like, God, you're Lord over this. We've talked about it before, like you're Lord over this, you're Lord over that. But this over here, like, eh, right. So it's like, you know, we pray God less of me and more of you when it comes to being used by him. God, less of me and more of you when it comes to evangelizing and walking to our purpose. But when it comes to a moment where we want to retaliate or someone does us wrong, all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, God, let me take the will, like more of me. And we become full of ourselves and we try to take it on for, for, for us. Right. But you have to understand, like, 
being a vessel is like that's a full time gig that you don't get to pick and choose what what um you're allowing God to do through you and when he wants to do that. It's like if you're a vessel, you're a vessel. And I think that's also in moments like this where you want to retaliate and you just have to surrender that up to him because he's Lord over everything. Right. Um, so that's something else you have to you have to recognize and stay away from. It's like oh, if he's Lord, he's Lord. It's kind of just like a surrender type of thing. Like, God, I surrender like you, your will, not mine. No, that makes sense. And yeah. did you your next one? A point was talking about, I believe it not coming the way that we may want. Mm, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I was thinking about the topic in terms of um, like just important realizations when it comes to um, how do I let God handle it? I feel like these are just things that you have to recognize and it'll be easier for you to kind of let it go. Um, and well, one of them was just recognizing that your forgiveness does not revoke the consequence of their action which is something that we've said before, but something that I want to reiterate, like your forgiveness, you know, it's a cause and effect. You reap what you sow. If they did wrong to you, they are going to sow um, the consequence of that action. And your forgiveness isn't like cutting off that process. So I think that's the first thing you have to recognize because that's why some people want to take it into their own hands because they believe, oh, if I forgive them, I'm let like, it's just going to just go unnoticed or no that's not how it works so i think that's the first realization second one is i mean we talked about it like understanding who god is like god is righteous he's all-knowing all-powerful why do i think i can do vengeance better than he can it just doesn't make sense like he's he knows everything he's all-powerful but the moment that i'm taking this my own hands i'm saying oh no i i got this like i can do it better than you can but that's just not the case so that's the second realization and then like you said the third one is on top of those two, this is really like one of the most important ones. It's like, it's not going to look the way that you want it to look, um, which is huge because I think we, sometimes you like surrender it to God, but it's like, God, I'll surrender it to you, but like only if you do it in this way. And if you don't, then I'm going to take it into my own hands. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, no, like vengeance is his, regardless of how he wants to do it. He's righteous. How he does it is how it needs to be done. That's just, that's just how it works. Um, and I was thinking about how we've had a conversation before about mercy and grace and how God's grace is when he gives us things that we don't deserve. And his mercy is when he like withholds things from us that we do deserve. Right. So this this um, dynamic of God, not just being um, a God that gives, but also a God that withholds. So sometimes vengeance can look like him withholding something from someone. Right. You you don't really know. So it's not always going to look like, oh, he's going to. I don't know the way that you would want it to look right. Oh, he's going to, they're going to go bankrupt. Like, ah, that's not, <laughs> that's not necessarily how it's, it's going to work. Right. But having faith, right. in in the God that chose you. So yeah, it's not always going to look how you want it to. Right. So even with forgiveness, I think sometimes we think that if we don't acknowledge something that God won't. Mm-hmm. And so again, mm-hmm. realizing that, all right, forgiveness in terms of, okay, like in my case, it was someone, and what I've had to go through, are someone's like spoken about me or my name, my character in a way that was far from truth or reality. All right, me taking the time to like forgive them that situation, what took place, that's for me. Right. In order to let go, move on. And when that thoughts of what did take place comes up, I'm no longer emotionally affected, dragged down, or mm-hmm. um, just 
weighed down essentially by that thought or that individual when Mm -hmm. they come up or whatever the case may be. So that is for me, right? And I think sometimes, like you said, we can't think that it somehow restricts or offers some type Mm -hmm. of resistance um, to what may be the retribution of like someone else's action, exactly, actions, which exactly. isn't the case. Yeah, exactly. This doesn't mean that we're meant to necessarily like be passive or not engage when it comes to justice. So like right. we're talking more on a, in my situation and how it got brought up, like not necessarily trivial because it is significant, mm. but minute like circumstances of like our right. everyday life. But you know, when we like, take that and exacerbate of course of like you know the world and a lot of people's different experience of like how they can be wrong like that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be seeking out like justice here like right. on earth and our every day to make sure that um things are in order right and mm-hmm. in the way that god wants them but also taking a step back to have a larger perspective especially in things um in our own life of man like maybe if i don't see like it now like whatever happens like in eternity right lord or in the span of how god wants to handle Mm. it that like everyone's gonna have to give an account for what they have done and i don't have to hold on to some anger or some wrath um that i feel like i need to like put on them because no one else will Mm -hmm. god fights for you and will continue to forever I'm glad you brought that point up because I wasn't even thinking about like that perspective, but someone could kind of like take it as that. But we're not, you know, we're not saying like if someone like robbed your crib and took all your money and all your, they stole your sofa, your bed, they took everything. I'm not saying like, don't go put in a police report. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what we're saying. Like, we're not saying don't go to the the justice system and the and the law enforcement. But um, also, like you just said, in the grand scheme of things, understand like God does fight for you though. Right. And, um, yeah, so I'm I'm glad you brought that up though, because I didn't want nobody to get no misconceptions from it. Um, and wh- another thing that I wanted to add, just like as a caveat to the conversation, um, is wait, did you have anything else you wanted to say? Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. Is and one more thing that I wanted to add, just like as a caveat, like the cherry on top to the conversation is. Although everything that we've said still stands, like, because I don't want to make it seem like it's it's contradicting, because um, God does fight for you and he will fight for you. But recognizing that you you got to strive to get to the point where you don't always just want God's vengeance to rain down on everyone. You know what I mean? Um, because, hmm, because like, like I said, seeking or giving it up to God and allowing his vengeance to happen, right? And praying that he gives you justice isn't wrong. I'm not saying it's, it, it is like, it's biblical. That's why we're having the conversation. But I, sometimes with certain topics, I don't think it comes down to like, is it right or is it wrong? But asking yourself, like, would Jesus do it? Like, what what would Jesus do in this situation? Um, I don't necessarily like the question of, is it is it right or wrong? Because if we're, you know, vessels and we're supposed to be you know jesus is our template right so i think the question you need to ask is would jesus do it and i'm just reminded of the situation i mean when jesus was on the cross and he says like lord forgive them for they know not what they do right and 
although like that was important to his greater purpose of why like you know what he was doing and what he was trying to get at at the same time imagine if jesus was like nah god like you a god of justice like get my get back you know what i'm saying like oh no no god like rain rain your vengeance down on these people for what they did um no but like that's not how he responded he said lord forgive them for they know not what they do and i'm also reminded of stephen in acts 7 when he's stoned and he says lord do not hold this sin against them would it have been wrong for Stephen to be like, God, you're a God of justice, and I know you'll fight for me, like, exact your vengeance? That wouldn't have been a bad, that's not a wrong prayer, but I just think it speaks to their selflessness. Like I mentioned earlier, like, it's not about you. I think if someone wrongs you and it's about you, you're going to want vengeance. But if someone wrongs you and you're selfless and it's about God's people, it's about them, then you're going to ask for God to show them grace. So I think it's a direct reflection of really just kind of where, where your heart is and, and where your mindset is. Um, so I, I do think that's kind of like the, the greater goal is getting to a point. And not everyone is at that point, but but getting to a point where it's a Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. So I, I did want I did want to yeah, add that. I think that that doesn't. So Lord, forgive them for they do, do not know. Do not know what they do doesn't exclude the idea of there being repercussion and or like consequence. I think that there can be an issuing of like grace and mercy to people who have wronged you. Yeah. Um, that can only come from the spirit and from God. Um, For sure. And simultaneously you understanding that it's going to be taken care of the way that he wants. Facts. Again, facts, we facts, all facts. have to give an account for it all. So, you know, that sentiment or you expressing that and getting to that place, because I don't think there's room in our hearts to in any way, shape or form, no matter how deserving it may feel for us to hold this idea that we want harm to come upon someone at all. Right. Like, again, like, which is difficult in different situations, 1000%, but I don't believe that we were meant to like hold that to any degree. Mm-hmm. And so, um, again, I think that whatever that forgiveness looks like releases you from that. And For then sure. simultaneously, like taking on like this this idea that what what you just said, yeah, yeah, which for makes sure. sense to me, most definitely, most definitely. Yes, yeah, so that's that's the one. You feel God me? is the guide and the mm-hmm. guardian. God and guardian. He chose me. Mm. He'll fight for me. So he'll fight for me as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's 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 what we got, man. Yeah, so that's that, the one. Yeah, that's the one. So y'all know what it is. Stay you. Stay real. And stay humble. We'll catch y'all this Friday. Much love.